while I was working full-time, my VA was able to build a list of over 4,000 self-storage facilities and make, I think it was over 10,000 phone calls in a single year, which I don't think I've even made that many phone calls in my entire life. Welcome to School of Success, the podcast that will help you reach your goals and become the success story you've always dreamed of. Join us on our journey as we explore the strategies, tools, and tactics needed to build health, wealth, and personal development. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to living life to its fullest with host Brandon Hicks. So let's get started and make your dreams come true. Welcome back to another episode of the School of Success. In today's episode, I'm going to go through the specific steps for setting up your off-market system. I touched on these in the last episode, kind of at a higher level, but I wanted to break that down. There's a lot of steps involved, and I started to learn that with my background in engineering, thinking in terms of systems and processes, it really helped me lay out a framework and a process that ultimately I could hire a virtual assistant to do the majority of the work. And that was one of the things that worked out really well for me. At the time, I still had my full-time W-2 job. And so to call owners during the day is very challenging because I'm working nine to five and you want to make sure you're calling owners at times that they're going to be available. And, you know, if I'm working middle of the day and I've got meetings, like to separate that is very difficult and to go task switch between your W-2 work and then doing real estate is difficult. And for me, it was not sustainable. So what I needed to do was hire a virtual assistant. And because of the system and the processes within that system that I put in place, my virtual assistant was able to run 90% or more of the system without my involvement. It took a lot of time to get there, a lot of training modules and documents and checklists and things to get there. But while I was working full-time, my VA was able to build a list of over 4,000 self-storage facilities and make, I think it was over 10,000 phone calls in a single year, which I don't think I've even made that many phone calls in my entire life. And she was able to do that the first nine months of the year. But the way I did that was by breaking the process down into high-level sections and then breaking those sections down into simple steps and then recording and documenting every step of the process, which took quite a lot of time. And of course, we learned as we went, found some gaps and things that I was missing, and we would continue to plug those by updating the process and the documents and all of that. But by the end of it, we had something that my VA, like I said, could run the majority. So what are those processes and what are those steps? Taking a step back and thinking about it from the bigger picture, we're trying to find leads. We need to contact those leads and Once we find a lead that's motivated, we need to pursue it by analyzing the deal and we need to make offers and go through the process of closing, right? So if you break that down, it's really five steps, find leads, find the owner's information, pursue motivated owners, following up, and then submit offers. It's four or five major steps. So breaking that down then further, finding leads. How do you find leads? First, you want to be specific. What is your criteria? What are you looking for? doesn't matter if it's self-storage. It could be multifamily, any asset class. What specifically are you looking for? If it's multifamily, are you looking for 20 to 50 units, class C properties and class B neighborhoods? Is there certain market criteria that you want? Growing population, certain size of population, certain household income, median household income is another important characteristic, both multifamily and self-storage. If your asset class is self-storage, are you looking for 20,000 to 50,000 square foot facilities? Maybe they are half million to $5 million built from 1970 to 2020. 
Actually, that is my buy box. So you want to be specific about what types of properties you're looking for. And then you want to be specific about where you want to find those properties. For me, I live in the Northeast, and so I'm looking up in the Northeast, but there's also some states in the Southeast where population's taking off post-COVID. So I'm looking in some of those states as well. So you want to identify your property, specifically the property criteria, and then you want to identify the market criteria. Again, it's the cities and states that you're interested in. So once you've defined your criteria, both market and property, you then want to figure out how you're going to search for those properties. You could buy lists. I haven't bought a list myself, but a lot of people will buy a list. And so that might be a list of a thousand properties, 2000 properties, the more properties, the more you're going to pay. And you may or may not get the owner information within that list as well. I'm sure you would pay more for that. Like I said, I don't have experience there, but that's one way to do it. So it's very quick. You find someone who's got a list, you pay for it. Now you've got the list and you can start calling that list. One concern or hesitation I've heard with that method though, is that if that person is selling that list, they're selling it to multiple people. So now you've got multiple investors calling the same list. So that's just something to be mindful of, or you could do it on your own and build the list yourself, which is what I did. So if it was multifamily, you could go to apartments.com and you could identify all the apartments within that market. And you could start just one by one building a list. That's one way you could do it. You could also resort to Google, which is actually what we ended up doing for self-storage. No one way is necessarily better than the other. It's just how much money are you willing to spend on it? How much time are you willing to spend? So obviously building it one by one on Google is going to take more time. And if the VA doing that, then it's going to be how long does it take for that VA to find 10 leads and what's the hourly rate? And then you can figure out exactly what the cost per lead is. And then that might tell you whether or not it's beneficial for you to just buy the list. So these are all things that you're going to have to look at. Once you've figured out that criteria and how you're going to search, you got to get that into a spreadsheet somehow. So coming up with a standard spreadsheet, standard template with all the information that you need. A lot of times that information is just uh, property name, street address, city, state, zip code. If you have the LLC information, that could be helpful as well, but it's only five to six pieces of information that you really need. So then once you've got that, you got to figure out how you're going to get the owner's information. That's what we call skip tracing. So that is taking the property information and searching the internet for any documents that are available to see what owner is tied to that property. Because sometimes it might be an entity, an LLC, an S corp, a corporation that's tied to that property. And you don't really want to be messaging the LLC because they might have a registered agent or somebody who receives mail and isn't going to let them know. You really want to be going directly to the owner. So I ended up working with someone from Fiverr who has a number of the paid softwares and that's just what they do all day long. So they're an expert in skip tracing. That's what I ended up using. But you could also use online websites like Batch Skip Tracing or there's a number of other ones where you can just enter that information in. You basically can upload your whole list and then in a very short amount of time, 30 seconds to a minute, will spit out all the owner information that is there. So that's a great way to do it as well. And then once you've got that information, you could leave it within Excel or Google Sheets, and then you could start calling that way until you find an interested owner, or you can enter that into a CRM and manage it that way. So there's a couple different options there, but CRM is a great way. If you're willing to spend a little bit extra money, then you can see how many times you've reached out to that owner. You can take notes. It's a lot more powerful than just using Google Sheets. So that's something that you could consider. And now that you're contacting, you got to figure out if you're going to hire a virtual assistant, you need to provide them with a dialer. They're not going to be able to just call from their cell phone. So you want to have a dialer that ties right into your CRM. 
When it does tie in like that, it integrates, it's fantastic. They can just click on the phone number, automatically starts dialing. They can take the notes. They can do the disposition, whether the call was answered, they left a voicemail, whatever it was. And then at the end, they take the notes and they move on to the next one. If it doesn't integrate, then it becomes kind of cumbersome. And again, time is money, especially if you've hired a virtual assistant. So that's something that you want to be mindful of. And then you want to make sure you've got a process in place for following up every three months, every month, whatever you think is appropriate. And if you don't want to just do cold calling, you want to do direct mail. You also want to think about how you're going to manage that, make sure consistent follow-up. That's not something that I've integrated yet, but I've done one or two campaigns by mail and I've heard people have really good success with that. So it's something that I definitely want to add in as well. And then once you get on the phone with these sellers, every once in a while, you'll start to hear yes, I am interested in selling. And um, sometimes they'll say, give me a price. I don't want to waste my time with you. Just give me a price and I'll let you know if it's in the ballpark. Some owners are a little bit to the point like that. Others might say, yeah, I'm willing to give you my P&L and my rent roll. Shoot me an email and I'll send it over to you and see if we can come together on a price. You get a range of different responses there. And then at the end, it's as simple as you have to be making offers. So you need to be telling that owner what you're able to come up with on a price. Maybe you put together an LOI. Maybe you have a couple different offers. Maybe there's one with traditional bank financing and then you show them a second offer that has creative finance and that shows them that you could actually pay more if they're willing to work with you on terms. So really that is the whole process. I think in summary, the important thing is it can be super overwhelming. I just listed all the steps. Once you break them down, you know, there's 20 steps or whatever it is. But the important thing is just take a step back. What are we trying to do here? We are trying to find leads. We are trying to get the owner information. Then once we have the owner information, we're calling them, determining if they are motivated. And if they are, we analyze the deals and we make offers. It's a lot more complicated than that. Once you break it down, you try to put all the processes in place. But that's really the important thing is take the step back. There's these five major steps and then dig into that first one, break it down. I need my property criteria. I need my market criteria. I need to figure out how I'm going to find those properties. And then I just need to get them into Excel. So once you break it down. It's like, okay, those are three relatively simple steps. If you are more of a visual person, I actually put this together in a framework, like a 20-ish page slide deck showing all of the steps, breaking down what I've delegated to my VA, what tools specifically that I use. If that's something that you're interested in, I'd be happy to share it with you. Just reach out to me on social media and I can get that over to you. Hey, I appreciate you listening to another episode of School of Success. I'm committed to helping others reach their full potential. So if you found value, please leave a five-star rating and review. With that, we can reach more people and help make their dreams come true.